The Master. Proudly brought to you by Peter's Genetics. Every drip means quite a bit when it's from Peter's Genetics. Normally at this time we talk to Grant Disaster McMaster, brought to us by our good friends at Arby Rural uh, on Tuesday. Now Disaster texted me after, uh, yesterday afternoon. He's coming right. He just didn't quite feel up to coming back on the show this week, but we'll get him back on next week. If you weren't aware, uh, a couple of weeks ago Disaster had a bit of a tip-up on uh, Sunday afternoon, had a bit of a heart attack and got flown um, got flown to uh, Dunedin Hospital when he was in ICU for a few days. So so, uh, yeah, I think we'll give disaster a bit of a chance to recover. I've gone, uh, I've gone top shelf though. I've got Ben Dooley on the line. Ben, good afternoon. Welcome to the muster. How's it going, mate? Good day, Andy. You're not too bad. How about yourself? Yeah, no, good, good. Hey, um, uh, just carrying on our discussion yesterday, you've jumped in on Twitter um, about uh, our tug of war team. Um, we were disgraceful in our uh, in our attempt last year to beat uh, Federated Farmers. They thrashed the muster. Uh, you've volunteered your services. You're tipping the scales at a at a healthy healthy weight, a good weight for us. You, you're you're putting your hand up. Yeah, yeah, I'll put my hand up. Yeah. Okay, so from the look of that tweet yesterday, I don't really need to put you on any form of Jimmy's and pints regime. You look like you're handling that quite happily by yourself. No, no, I think I could comfortably lose a little bit still, and would still have a pretty good chance. Rightio. So just, just you know, you put it out there yesterday. Tell the listeners, where, where are we at? Oh, very, very healthy, 145. Okay, fantastic. Right, well, you're in. Uh, ideal. Ideal. You're definitely in. We definitely need you. Now, it's about it's about power-to-weight ratio, and I know you've got that because I've seen you, uh, and also the right footwear because I was watching the video yesterday, and myself and uh, Mr. Phil Purser, had the wrong footwear on, and we let the team down badly. So footwear's important. Well, I reckon we should go for a uh, sponsorship, maybe from a really good boot company. That is an excellent idea, an excellent idea. So anyone out there want to sponsor the Mustard team for footwear uh, for the um, for the tug of war? We're taking this seriously, absolutely. Uh, and uh, we're going to need some shirts too, aren't we? Oh, I think we could do some shirts, yep, yep definitely. So, yep, all right, let, let's uh, let's put our thinking as caps on and make this work. But actually, at 145 kgs, mate, you're in. Now, um, a certain Don Moore uh, did nominate his wife, Jess, for the team. She is a very, very strong young lady, So, um, and she's a regular contributor to the show, so I think we're going to have to put Jess in as well. Uh, so that, that's going to be good. We do need a couple of ladies. So, Ben, uh, that's it. You're in. Good. Um, just don't let the team down and um, um, lose too much of that um, anchor weight, all right? Yeah, no, no, we won't, be doing, we won't be getting rid of too much. Good on you, mate. Hey, Ben, uh, how's your video going? We've been on YouTube. I see you've been pumping them out lately. How's that been going? Yeah, no, not too bad. Um, growth, growth in the channel has been pretty slow, but um, there's been plenty of good feedback and plenty of... Uh, Good correspondence happening anyway, so, you know, quite enjoy that. Well, I must apologise. I haven't been um, sharing your videos. I'll do that, and um, I'll make a point of uh, when they pop up, because I have subscribed, which is important, uh, and I'll share them onto the uh, Muster Facebook page, because it is good to get what you're out, um, get it shared as wide as you can, because you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, you know, much, appre- much appreciated there, Andy. Yeah, no, um, yeah, we're just trying to show what we're doing and get it out there for the world to see. When you say you get a bit of uh, feedback, do you get some negative feedback from people? Is it coming from farmers? Is it coming from townies? What sort of what sort of feedback do you get? I've actually been pretty lucky. I've had no negative feedback at all. Um, I'm sure if things get bigger, that'll come. But no, it's, it's been pretty good in that respect. But a bit of debate on farming practices then. Is that what you're meaning? Sort of, you're oh, doing it wrong, Ben? Yeah, absolutely, yes. <laughs> um, so I'm growing a bit of maize in Southland right now that we planted in December, and uh, there's been a bit of debate about that. 
but uh, completely separate purpose. So, yeah, we won't say any more. All right, but um, the debate constructive or, you know, from, from farmers sort of tips or saying, hey, we've tried that, it didn't work, what sort of things? Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. There's nothing really nasty or anything like that, but uh, just, oh, we've done that, it's probably not going to work, um, just things like that. How do people subscribe to the YouTube channel? You go on YouTube, you search Deep South Sheep and Beef, and you click on the channel link, which will be a wee button at the top, yep. and uh, it costs you nothing to do it, you just hit subscribe. And every time uh, you pop up a new video, and how often, you, what, you're doing them every, what, couple of weeks, three weeks sort of thing? Um, yeah, depending what we're doing on farm, look, sometimes it can be a couple of weeks in between, but then other weeks I can get two or three videos out, so. Yeah, all right. Oh, very good. Now just tell me quickly on farm, how's things going? Yeah, um, we're out of control. We can't control feed at the moment, so <laughs> not a, a bad place to be. That's a, what, just more and more baleage, is it? Uh, more and more weight on lambs at the other end of the season. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. that's a very, very good place to be because lamb prices are back a little bit, so um, you make up for that by having a bit of extra weight on it. Yeah, dead right. The uh, only concern there is if we go up a level or two and the works yeah. get tight, but hope not. What about your ewes? Um, they're, they're looking good? They're looking good. Um, they've been working pretty hard trying to control some rough tuckers, so they're they're not as good as they could be. Mm. But in the next few weeks, we'll be on top of that and get a few light ones out, how and you, they'll get fattening. How are your crops looking? Spectacular. Without wanting to sound too cocky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but yeah. the weather. I mean, it has been warm. It's been it's been pretty good, hasn't it? Rain at the right times. Dead right. Dead right. And of course, Swedes just rain at the right time for a Swede is every day. Yeah, all right, mate. Yeah. Hey, look, I've got to run. Thanks very much for your time. Really do appreciate it on the muster. We'll talk to you again, eh? Keep that weight nah. Keep that weight in the right range. No, nah, good on you, man. And uh, wishing McMaster a happy, healthy recovery. The muster. Jessica Goodright from Dairy Woman's Network. She's a regional leader for them. Normally we talk to Jess Moore. And uh, today we've got Jessica. Good afternoon, Jessica. Welcome to the muster. Lovely to have you on the show today. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me. It's a privilege to be on today. It's a privilege to have you. Now, tell me, uh, where are you farming? What's uh, what's your operation? Um, I am farming with my husband and our team in Drummond, fifty fifty Shemulking. How are you going? How's the season treating you? Yeah, no, it's been really, really good. It's um, can't complain. When we need rain, we get rain. So it's definitely been one out of the bag. So yeah, let's just hope it keeps going like this for the rest of the season. It'll be great. And the payout's looking good as well. We can't complain. No, no, everything's looking good for us in the dairy industry at the moment, so that's great. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, so, no, no, that's really good. Well, that means that's good. That's good news because uh, Dairy Women's Network's obviously doing a great job. You've got plenty coming up. Uh, we'll talk about conference in a little minute because you've got some things to share with us about that. But just before that, you've got um, uh, our People uh, Day coming up. What's the story with this? Yes, we've got our Make Time for Your People on the 18th of March in Winton, um, and it's going to be a really awesome event. It's more knowledge about employment contracts, rosters, salary packages, accommodation requirements, and some growth opportunities, well-being, strong team relationships. So it's a real great thing for people that are getting into the industry or getting bigger in their business, but it's also great for um, people that have been in it for a while, making sure that you just still ticking along doing everything right so um that's going to be a great event well it's even more important now isn't it with the lack of uh well the difficulty of getting uh immigrant workers or overseas workers into onto our farms uh we have to ensure that the staff that we've got are happy and satisfied and being well looked after because uh 
you lose someone uh, or someone gets poached for whatever reason, uh, there's a lot of difficulty replacing, isn't there? Yep, definitely. And that's uh, and it's, especially with those immigrant people at the moment, it's really hard times for them. They can't get home to see their families. So definitely touching on that well-being and strong team relationships, making sure they're okay is something that's really important. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, so the conference is in Queenstown, uh, limited to, what is it, 100 people, is it, I think? What's the... Yes. It had COVID rules, and at the time I remember talking to you just going, no, that's a bit silly. Um, maybe not so silly at the moment. No, definitely after this scare, it's making us think, yeah, we did do something right by keeping it at 100. Exactly. So, um, obviously, uh, keynote speaker uh, Gemma McCaw is coming along. Who else have you got? What else is happening on the day? I think now uh, it's April. I just can't remember. What date is it exactly? April the 15th. Uh, Yep. April the 15th. Cool. Uh, So, Gemma McCaw, what else have we got happening on the day? Um, We have got some amazing lineup of speakers. We've got our financial success um, inside and outside the farm gate. We've got some great speakers for that. We've got Ben Speedy, Ashley Burden, and we've got the amazing Laura Douglas going to be chatting to us for that, and she's actually going to close conference for us because Gemma's going to be midday. Um, So really looking forward to her closing. We've got um, some great people that work alongside us as network partners for a bit of an interactive breeding success workshop, Um, Kim Kelly, Carl Eden, and Jenna O'Sullivan. And then we've got our Clear as Water um, re- going into the regulations panel um, with some great people from that. We've got Kate Scott, Matt Cullen, Tony Franzen, um, and some Environment Southland people, and Olivia from Farm IQ. So it's going to be a real great lineup of people to talk on the day. So a packed in day. It, it's just a one day, right? Uh, so it's not. A, it's a one day conference. Yes, it's a one day conference. We'll finish the conference with um, canapes and nibbles. But we are actually really lucky. We are having a bit of a wine tour on the Friday, the 16th of April. We really want some um, connection with our members, and that's something that we've had for, for feedback over the last few years. It's sort of like that chance to mix and mingle, but we're also going to an amazing winery, Gibson Valley, and we're going to talk about their marketing things and how they market a New Zealand product to the worldwide, kind of like what we do. So that's wine roots to gra- grassroots. So that will be an awesome day too. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, of course, uh, the ladies are going to have a little bit of socialising, so a bit of wine, a bit of canapes, and then a winery too. It would hardly be, uh, hardly be, uh, expe- well, it's very much expected in my mind. Um, have, a, have a great time. So um, the thing is, as we touched on, uh, this is limited to 100 people, and, and that is absolutely it. So if you, I don't know what bookings are going like, but if you want to go, I suggest you need to get your ass into gear. Yep, definitely. We've got a few tickets left. We've got, I'd say, about 50. So, yep, we've still got a few there, but I'd say they're going to get snapped up. Nearly every person I bump into says, oh, I haven't booked for conference yet. I must get onto that. So I'd say there'll be, in the next few weeks, a good rush of tickets. Yeah, absolutely. Get onto it. Make sure you do. Now, uh, nominations are also open for Dairy Woman of the Year. And as a as a lead into that, you've got a um, uh, a Q and A session or, or something happening. Um, is it this? When's that happening? We've got a webinar, and this is on Thursday. And I am actually hosting the webinar with um, Rebecca, Katie, and Ashley, previous Fonterra Dairy Woman of the Year winners. Um, so it'll be a great webinar um, at lunchtime. So bring along a cuppa and a 
your lunch and listen and bring along any questions you've got. Yeah, well, so you've got three fantastic ladies, uh, Katie Milne, I know very well, uh, and uh, so they've certainly not backwards and coming forward and very, very strong advocates for uh, the dairy industry and, and, and our ladies in the dairy industry, so it's great. And then there's another one, isn't there, uh, in, a, in a week's time? Yep, on the 23rd there is another one as well, and that has got um, the last three speakers, I know uh, Loshni's one of them, so that'll be really interesting to always hear from yeah. her being an awesome Southland lady. Yeah, absolutely. Always great to get Loshney on. In fact, uh, about time I had her back on the show again, actually. Uh, she normally tells me off, and I'm always a bit scared. But anyway, shh, <laughs> don't, don't tell anyone that. Um, all right, Jessica Goodright, thanks so much for your time on the muster today. We really do appreciate your time. Hope uh, hope things are going. I'll let you get back to the I'll, I'll let you get back to the farm. What's on your agenda today? Are you are you on out hands dirty today, or you're actually um, uh, you got some office work? Yeah, I'm um, actually out today, so milked this morning, um, and then, yeah, we're 16 hours um, oh. in tonight, so we'll have some little people helping us this evening, so that'll ah, be great. That's always great. All right. Hey, Jess, thanks so much for your time on the muster today. Really do appreciate it. And uh, Dairy Women's Network, if people want to register, they go to the Dairy Women's Network website, don't they? Yep, yep, definitely. Or right. follow links on social media, you'll definitely end up in the right spot. You certainly will. All right, uh, Jessica Good right there, Dairy Women's Network, 15th of April, the conference in Queenstown, and then the 16th of April, that uh, visit to the winery to learn about marketing. The Muster, proudly brought to you by Peter's Genetics. Every drip means quite a bit when it's from Peter's Genetics. Thursday afternoon, Groundswell had their meeting. One of the organisers of it is Bryce McKenzie, along with uh, Laurie Patterson. I've got Bryce on the line. Good afternoon, uh, Bryce. How's things? Yeah, good thanks, Andy. Good afternoon, and good afternoon to listeners. Uh, Groundswell meeting on Thursday at Waimumu, 4 o'clock. Did it meet your expectations? Yes, it did, Andy. I mean, we were pleasantly surprised by the number of people who turned up, which uh, showed us that there's uh, a fair bit of unrest in the farming community. Mm. Just to address something uh, first and foremost, we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, had Andrew Morrison on the show uh, yesterday, and there was a comment possibly made um, uh, Logan Evans might have uh, said something um, well there might have been comments made about South and Federated Farmers Logan did send me a text he said he didn't bag Jeffrey Young um, maybe Andrew should watch it again I think Jeff's doing a bloody good job and also thank Bernadette for her great work because there has been a little bit of uh, controversy uh, after the uh, groundswell especially from Beef and Lamb Andrew Morrison um, requested to come on the show yesterday to clarify beef and lambs, uh, what they have been doing, and he made some comments uh, regarding you, Bryce, potentially that maybe you hadn't read the uh, the the Southland Advisory Group's recommendations, and maybe if you had of Groundswell, wouldn't need to be an operation. In fact, he went a little step further and said that he thought Groundswell was putting unnecessary fear into Southland farmers. What's your take on that? Well, starting with the first question uh, to do with uh, Logan and what he had said about um, uh, Jeff Young and Bernadette, he, he had full support for them, and I think the only thing he perhaps added to that was he felt that Jeff had been uh, silenced somewhat by somebody or something, and he thought that was a shame as he believed that uh, Federated Farmers probably gained more traction in two days than they had in the previous 10 years, I think, where the words are used. So, no, he wasn't bagging um, our 
uh, federated farmers down here at all. Well, just to clarify, are we talking Southland Federated Farmers or is there a differentiation between the national body? Um, I think he was, he may have made a comment earlier on about the president of Federated Farmers, which possibly was nationally, but when he, when it come down to uh, mentioning names, he certainly was talking about Southland Branch. What do you make of Andrew Morrison's comments then that um, that Groundswell may be unnecessarily uh, alarming Southland farmers because his point was that the Southland Advisory Group have given their recommendations, which they believe, uh, beef and lamb believe, go a long way to addressing a lot of the concerns that farmers at Groundswell were, were uh, talking about. He does make a valid point. I hadn't actually seen the submissions that were put in by that working group. And to me, that is perhaps an indictment of what is happening, that uh, I didn't know, even know where to find them. I, I think you may have made reference to them once or twice yourself. But other than that, uh, no industry body had actually let us know what was being submitted. And I would imagine if you ask most of the people or most of the farming base, they would tell you the same thing. They don't know what's in there. Now, since... Since then, I have actually managed to find them on the Environment Southland website, and I've had a good look at them. And, I mean, they're, they're good. They're, they're doing things that we want. But, I mean, we haven't got them. And where do we go if we don't get them? Um, and I guess the simple answer is we wouldn't be here if everybody felt that things were going well anyway. So... Okay, well, it's interesting because um, I put that question to Andrew yesterday. I said, what happens in a week's time or two weeks' time when the government responds to the advisory group's recommendations and they're not what you want? Where do you go? No, that's, we can't answer that question because we don't know. I've been at pains to uh, deliberately not sort of criticise too much because I've been waiting to see the response. And I've spoken to Damien about it. I haven't spoken to Parker. I guess my point to Andrew, and I'm wondering what your thoughts, you know, I probably know what your thoughts on this are, but I'll ask it anyway. If organisations like Groundswell and Southland Federated Farmers weren't making such a fuss, kerfuffle, about these freshwater policy, unworkable parts of it, would Parker be taking any notice? Would we have an advisory group even submitting to the government? Uh, very good point, Andy. I, I can't answer that. I, I would hope that we've still got people working on our, our behalf behind the scenes, but that doesn't uh, reach the people in the country that are not part of that negotiating process. And what, when we started up, our whole point of uh, being was that we wanted to support groups that were standing up to basically Dryconian uh, regulations and, and consenting processes. We felt that we were being squeezed at the grassroots of uh, New Zealand farming. So that's what, where we started off. Now, what we've found is that the farmers have come back to us and said, look, we're not happy with the way things are being run. We, we want a voice that will speak for us and we want one voice. We want a solidarity of one voice and, and one organisation doing it. Um, but is that, <laughs> is that actually, I mean, is that feasible? Because which farmers want one voice? Because, every, you know, like no two farms are the same. No mm -hmm. two farmers 
um, agree on well there's, there's there's multiple opinions on the way things should be done I would suggest it's almost impossible for there to be one advocacy group for farming in New Zealand that is going to go to government and have universal agreement from all farmers. Yeah, you're probably right, Andy. But I mean, Federated Farmers set themselves up, uh, were set up, sorry, they didn't set up, were set up, and they, they have a spokespeople or they have a group for every form of farming. And then they have their um, executive above that. And I mean, it should really work well if people um, voice their opinions to those uh, working groups or those organisations I'm talking about. It used to be meat and wool, and you know what I'm talking about, the dairy section, um, the cropping section. So theoretically, they had it all in one package. Where they lost their impetus and their authority... I mean, I'm not sure, but it certainly has been eroded away from them, and they're not the voice that they once used to be. Should, if I'm if I'm hearing you right, are you saying that beef and lamb, dairy and Z should pretend should potentially stick to their knitting, get away from the advocacy for farmers and policy, and concentrate on marketing and industry good, which is um, putting information out for farmers so that they can continue to grow their businesses, have, you know, learn more, more as opposed, and leave the government policy stuff to federated farmers? In a simplistic world, yes. Um, and I must say that I, we never went into this with, with exactly those thoughts, but feedback right throughout New Zealand, uh, that is what we've been getting. Uh, we didn't expect that we'd get such um, a following over such a wide area of New Zealand in such a short time. So it sort of bogged us down a little bit with uh, constant uh, emails, messages and all sorts of things, telephone calls. Uh, but that is the feeling we're getting from every in every single case, practically. People are saying, we want one voice. And that is Federated Farmers? At this stage, the message loud and clear is Federated Farmers. All right. Well, it's interesting because I'm going to talk to Don Nicholson, ex-president of Federated Farmers, next and get his view on where he thinks Federated Farmers needs to go. And I want to reiterate here what I'm doing here. This is not negative towards Federated Farmers. You know and listeners know I'm 100% behind Federated Farmers as an organisation. I'm just really intrigued in this debate as to are they doing enough, what should they be doing, where should they be going. And now it's morphed into a debate of is Dairy NZ and Beef and Lamb, are they fulfilling the role that farmers expect them to do or not? This is fascinating stuff for me. Bryce, um, just on the meeting itself, just uh, give us a sense of what was decided or what's next from here from for Groundswell. Okay, we've, we've got a meeting tonight which will debrief on what's happened. Um, we'll try and cover off some of the uh, things that people have brought up to us um, right throughout New Zealand. There's other groups that have uh, reached out to us and said, you know, can we join in with you ones and uh, can we all combine together? So we've got to uh, round off some of that, plus uh, perhaps work a strategy of where to from here ourselves. Uh, we didn't release the results of our... A jot form um, questionnaire, uh, and I think Laurie mentioned one one part of it, but there's other parts that 
we need to get them out to people as well. All right. Well, we're just going to wait and see. By other groups, I think there's a Canterbury group similar to you, Agri- Agricultural Action, I think it's called, or something like that. Uh, uh, rural, there's a Rural Advocacy Network. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, okay, this is an interesting time. We will keep a close eye on it. Just final question. Are you worried about the reaction of urban New Zealand to direct action from farmers? No. Why is that? Because a lot of farmers are. Yes, I know. And, and to me, that's, that's why farmers don't do anything, because they're too worried about what other people are going to think. So they take it on the chin every time. <clears throat> we got to the point where we can't be, afford to be worried about what urban people think. In fact, sometimes it works exactly the opposite. We've had people contact us and say, what is actually going on? We, we didn't realise that you people were upset. What, can you explain to us what's happening? And so they're actually, uh, how do you break the bubble? You've got to get outside your own bubble and reach people that don't understand. And often it takes... Uh, perhaps a little bit of civil disobedience to do that. All right. Interesting. We'll leave it there. Bryce McKenzie, thanks so much for your time. You and Laurie are doing some very good work. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see where this goes. Bryce, we'll be in touch. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, Andy. Thank you very much. All right. The Groundswell organisation, if you want to have a look at, uh, go to the Groundswell Facebook page. Uh, you can see the live stream of the meeting the other day and uh, get a sense of that. Um, interesting comments. Love to know your thoughts. Got a lot of feedback yesterday. 5009, send me a text. Go to the Muster on Hokanui Facebook page or send me an email. Beef and Lamb, Dairy and Z. Should they butt out of policy work? Should they just stick with um, uh, increasing farmers' profitability? Uh, Federated Farmers, what do they need to do? What's your thoughts on them? And as I want to reiterate, Federated Farmers have my 100% support. Uh, just find themselves in an interesting space right now as to are they in the tent, are they out of the tent? Do they force their way into the tent? But as Mark Patterson said yesterday, this government can't be bullied at the moment. They've got a majority of 28 seats in the House, right? You can't bully these guys. They will do what they want to do. The master. Don Nicholson, ex-president, Federated Farmers, national president. Good afternoon. Welcome to the muster. How is it, Don? Haven't had you on the show for a wee while. No, I've been keeping my head down, Andy. It's been um, been a, a good old season in the south, and um, happy to be still be farming. Yes, exactly. Now, um, you might not have caught up with what uh, Bryce McKenzie just said there, but uh, he basically said, "Look, um, there's too many bodies, too many groups um, uh, advocating for farmers." He believed that um, the one group that should be doing it is Federated Farmers. Um, they were set up with all of the industry sector groups as part of their organisation. He thought that uh, Beef and Lamb and Dairy and Z uh, potentially have got too much power and uh, in their working with government or in policy work when potentially they, they should stick to market access, um, science, research and, tra- and working with farmers for, for the betterment of, of those sectors. What do you take and make of that statement? Well, it's pretty accurate. Um, there's, there's a couple of things that uh, need to be highlighted at the outset, uh, Andy. Of course, Federated Farmers changed from a um, levy-funded organisation in the mid-90s, maybe early 2000, oh, late 90s, and it's been voluntarily funded ever since. So it has to be um, standing a market test every year. You either do a good job, people pay their subs, or they don't, uh, whereas the levy bodies, they get off every kilogram of produce, they get a, um, a cut. And so Bryce is right. Um, Federated Farmers was the preeminent um, advocacy group for farming uh, uh, over all farming groups. And in the last 20-odd years, 
protected by Charlie Pedersen and myself, our lunch at Fed Farmers was slowly being cut by uh, Beef and Lamb and Dairy and Z and other groups trying to slowly get into advocacy. And of course, when you've got a compulsory levy, you've got a fund that's, um, yeah, it's unlimited almost, really. And to be fair, they do have to go to their levy payers every what is it every yes. three years, and and I know Beef and Lamb have got one coming up. Uh, yes. So it might be compulsory, but they certainly do have to keep their levy uh, payers happy. Oh yeah, every five years, uh, Andy, and of course that's true. And of course uh, Bryce is right; they do have to do the the um, their role as R and D and extension and things like that, and uh, market access. Um, all that sort of work, but we don't know from one year to the next what advocacy they're going to buy into. And I, I've been a bit disturbed recently to hear Beef and Lamb even advertising on radio um, about how good they are and what they're going to be doing. I mean, that seems to me like an overstep, and maybe uh, Beef and Lamb, Darren said, they all seem to be um, looking for a wider remit than they really should have. And it's up to levy funders, you're right, Andy, it's up to levy funders, levy payers, to uh, put the check on that. But, Don, Federated Farmers right now, are they fulfilling their role? Uh, we know that Geoffrey Young and, as uh, Logan Evans said at the meeting the other day, the groundswell meeting, you know, they got more support with Geoffrey Young coming out, putting a stake in the ground and saying, uh, this is a step too far. We are going to advocate for our members to not um, or to have refrained, to, I think is word, from getting consent if these rules don't change. Um, that is the first time that Federated Farmers, anybody, any organisation or any, sec, uh, any um, what do they call them, area of Federated Farmers has done anything like that for probably 20 years. Well, I'd like to say less than 10 years, but you're right. I've been waiting for that sort of stuff to happen. Now, I know people say, but Don, you're an activist. You're, um, you're a radical. You're, you're extreme. Well, that's not true. I'm very logical, I think, and I, I expect and respect, I, I respect and expect, uh, respect from others. Um, but my point is around, uh, these groups that are being set up, though. So changing subject a wee bit. I mean, there's a whole plethora of them being set up in Southland. Um, what does that say to me? It says that there is market failure. Feds isn't doing its job. It isn't hitting the mark, as you highlight. Um, and it took someone like Jeffrey or, or Bernadette to come out and say, line in the sand, aided by groundswell, I have to admit. Um, uh, when I went to uh, help organise part of that tractor rally last year, I was um, very disappointed to find the media almost absent on that day and uh, fed farmers taking a toned-down approach. But the, now, yeah, I under- the point with that was, and I made the point at the time, the point, the reason why the media weren't there was because there was no acrimony, there was no excitement. Gr- um, Groundswell <laughs> or whoever run that, um, they had done everything possible not to upset anybody, so no one, the farmers showed up, some urban people showed up, but there was no national attention because, you know, the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, that's true. Well, I have to say, I know lots of urban people that turned up, uh, family urban people, and they were they were absolutely gobsmacked at um, at what was occurring. And in fact, they loved it like an A and P show. They loved that day out. So it was a great connection for urban and rural. Um, aside from that, uh, you know, feds, its visibility has been poor. I've constantly said that um, um, I had David Broom as my comms man, and he made my visibility high. Um, then they toned it down. And, you know, if, you don't, if you've just said it, if you're not visible, if there's not a story there, you don't get attention. And, of course, uh, these other groups that are being set up um, uh, do create division, in my opinion. They, they, stop, they stop the focus on, the, on 
what was traditionally Fed Farmers patch. So I, I do go back to the point, though, um, and I'm getting a bit all over the place here, um, that um, there is market failure. Fed isn't doing its job coming, to the level that people need it to do. OK, but coming back to coming back to what Mark Patterson said yesterday, right now in government you've got a Labor Greens government and they have got a 28-seat majority in the House. Federated yeah. farmers are not going to get anywhere at the moment, I wouldn't have thought, uh, policy-wise, by going in and attempting to bully David Parker. He said you can't – Mark Patterson said you can't bully these guys. What – is their role effectively then to try and be in the tent or outside the tent? Can you have a foot in both of those camps as federated farmers nowadays? Uh, well, you should. Um, I, um, I had my time in federated farmers at, uh, with, with Labor and National. I actually had um, good rapport with Labor. Yeah, you're right. Um, nothing gets done unless you um, push the right buttons. Um, but actually, under National, it was worse for me than under Labor. Um, National was often telling us to tone it down. Tone it down, Don. I'd get from other board members. Well, actually, that's not what the um, members of Federated Farmers want. They, the, the politicians can be precious. Um, um, they don't like it. Uh, public. They like everything to be inside the tent or in behind the door, as you say. But that's no good if you're trying to be a visible organisation representing your, your, your membership. Your advocacy has got to be visible. Oh. And so, um, yep, a politician can be precious and they can be untouchable until it hurts. And look at those fart tax rallies in 2003. That hurt the current, the Prime Minister at the time, Helen Clark, and her ilk. And the walking access uh, stuff in 2005, that really hurt them. And we were really, really visible in, the, in terms of fed farmers. What, um, but now, things we did. But now, one of the main issues I hear from a lot of farmers is they don't want to upset urban New Zealand. They want to bring urban New Zealand with us. Should federated uh, farmers be concerned about the attitude of urban New Zealand? Oh well, the disconnection has been um, almost perpetrated by um, the very people that. Um, you know, might say uh, that sort of stuff. I mean, the government uh, and some of its policies have been quite divisive. Regional New Zealand has been done over. I mean, most of us are bending over backwards to actually do the right thing, always have done, those of us that are responsible. Um, um, and so Federated Farmers ran farm days when I was there. Uh, it was a new initiative. Um, they didn't get a great uptake. There's the, the noise is coming from certain sectors of society, and it is right for us to um, make sure that we factually inform. Uh, and that's the problem. And I go back to the collaborative processes. Um, they were, you know, which was a new way of doing stuff, um, perhaps from 2010 on. Um, that was where uh, you all got in a room and you thought you could collaborate with, with your friend and foe. Well, unless it's informed by facts, 100% facts, and not coercively done, Voluntary collab collaboration just can't work, and it hasn't. All right. Interesting thoughts. Don Nickerson, thanks so much for your time. I can't believe we managed to get through an interview with you and we didn't even talk about climate change. We'll do that again another day because well, I'm sure well, you've got some because... thoughts on the Climate Commission. Look, that's fine. I'm not – yeah, we're out of time, but we will do that. Hey, look, um, I really do appreciate your time. Thanks for your thoughts and, and seeing as you've been there and done it, um, a really, really unique point of view. So thanks very much. Uh, no problem, Andy. Thanks. The Master, proudly brought to you by Peter's Genetics. Every drip means quite a bit when it's from Peter's Genetics.